Welcome to New Life Miami, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nlmiami.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. Hey, can you look at someone right next to you and just uh, shake their shoulder a little bit and say, um, God's been faithful to us, amen? God's been faithful. <laughs> that was your chance to shake someone really hard or take your advantage and do it very soft. All right. Hey, um, God is, is, is really doing uh, something special in, in our church members and all across what's happening here. And in all our churches, even in our churches of our fellowship and all, and all over, God's really doing something amazing. His presence, His Spirit is really moving amongst, around, amongst His people. Amen? And uh, what, a, what an honor it is. Um, everyone say love. love. Yeah, say I love you. Love. You know, it feels so good to hear that. Say it one more time to me. I love you. Love. Oh, man. That, one more time. Oh, man, that feels good. I love you. But you know what's, what's even better? When, when we show it, right? That's awesome. Now, now, we don't just say, I love you, but, but we get to say, watch me show you I, I love you. Today, we're jumping into our third, everyone say three. Three, our third installment of our love series. How many of you blessed, been blessed by love, by love listens? All right, seven of you, you're going to have a special place in heaven. How many of you? Dun, 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 how many of you have been blessed by love obeys? All right, a little bit more. Getting to heaven now. You know the Bible says that some people will come in smelling like smoke. Amen. Not you guys. Not you guys. It could be funny here. We could joke around. And then the third one today is love values. How many of you already know that God is already blessing you today as we get into love values? Love values. These last two weeks have been of great importance. I believe this. I believe it's uh, It's almost uh, it's, I can't even come up with a word of how God is speaking to us in, in this acronym of love. We've learned that love listens. We've learned that love obeys. Today we look at love values. The third part of this, the last one that we get into is love endures. And the beauty behind all of this, even in our midweeks and stuff, we, we've gone even deeper with love and at times. And it really has been a, a special moment. Uh, we looked at the life of Samuel and that through Samuel's life that he had to listen. Remember that? We've spoken about him the last two weeks. You should remember Samuel's life. We've kind of just been cruising on Samuel's life when it comes to love. And we shared how not only did he have to listen, but, but this is so crucial. Listen to this. Listen to this. See what I did there? That he also had to put himself in position to listen. You guys know the difference there, right? We, we discussed that it's not good just to hear because I know many people that hear but don't listen. Can I get an amen and hallelujah? That's a me. That's me, right? Yeah. Some of you like, like, that's the person next to me. They hear a lot, but they don't listen to what I'm saying. And we've spoken about that. And Samuel had to put himself in that position. And, and that was important for his growth, for his maturity. Okay? And, and that was important for him so that he could fulfill God's will in his life. Week two, we learned that his listening had to be lived out through obedience. It is so important that if you're here today, that sometime this week, you go into our podcast, into our church app, and you listen to the first two love um, preachings. You have to, because this is almost like it's, it's a link that is attached to the other two. So you have to go in and listen to it. But in week two, we learned that, that his listening had to be lived out through obedience. 
I don't know if you remember this, but we said that, that obedience was the product of Samuel's love for God. Remember that? That, that our love for God is, is, is we obey him because of our love. We don't obey so that we can love. So when we look at love and we're talking about this listening and this obeying, I want you to know this, and, and, and I know you know this, that you listen and you obey to that which you value, don't you? If you don't value someone, you don't really care what they have to say. You don't really care what they do because you don't value them. They're junk to you. Hopefully none of you have that kind of person in your life. Hopefully everyone means something to you. But if, but if someone has great value to you, you listen to them and you obey them. You obey certain things because they're valuable. And I want to fast forward today to the end of Samuel's life, somewhat to the end of his life. He's no longer the immature boy. Everyone say boy. boy. Yeah, if you weren't here for part one, it's, a, it's an inside joke. Boy, you'd be amazed how many times I said that to my son last night. But as we look at him now, Samuel, he's no longer this immature boy that we read about in week one in Love Listens. There's a change in Samuel now. There's a growth in his life. There is a maturity in his life. And he's addressing Israel now at, towards the end of his life, known somewhat as his farewell address to the nation of Israel. His last words, and you've always heard me say this, that whenever someone's going to share their last words, it's pretty important that you listen in because they got something vital to say. So here is Samuel's last words and his last words towards Israel. And listen to this. We're in 1 Samuel chapter 12. We're going to read verses 1 through 5 right now. Once you're there, can you give me an amen so that I can make sure we're all together in 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 12. All right. We're going to jump into verse 1 and 2. I'll stop and then I'll read, uh, I'll read some more as we keep going. Here you go. It says, then Samuel addressed all of Israel. And he says this. Look what he says. I have done as you asked and given you a king. And your king is now your leader. And I stand here before you, an old gray-haired man. And my sons serve you. And I have served you as your leader. And from, from the time that I was a boy to this very end. I want you to see what Samuel is telling Israel. He's basically telling them here in this passage, hey, I have been faithful I've endured many things. I mean, we're, we're, we've just skipped about 11 chapters from when we first started. But the truth is, here's Samuel. And he's like, I've endured a lot, man. As a prophet of God and as, and as your prophet Israel, as a pastor above you, of you guys. He's kind of like, he's like, I've endured some serious things. And we'll talk a little bit about that next week. Endurance and how love also endures. But here he's like, you've seen me grow. And what exactly is he talking about when he says, Israel, you've seen me grow? He, he's basically telling them, you've seen me grow in my love for the Lord. You've seen me grow in my love for you, Israel. You've seen me grow in my calling and in my gifts. You've seen me grow since I was a boy. You know that, Israel. And then he says this, I'm, I'm basically leaving you soon. If you read between the lines, that's what he's saying. Because look what he says. He says, but I'm not going to leave you alone. What does he talk about next? He says, I leave you my what? 
Oh, I'll, read. I'll say it to you. My sons also serve you. I'm leaving soon and I'm not going to leave you here alone. My sons now serve you. What is he telling Israel? Can you guys get what he's telling them? He's basically saying, I've prepared them, my sons. I've mentored them. That's why we want you guys to jump into discipleship. We want to prepare you. We want to mentor you. We want to grow you. And Samuel says, I discipled my sons. I've mentored my sons. And look what he's telling them now. They now serve you. That they now are ready to take the mantle. They now are ready to serve you as I have served you faithfully for all these years. Isn't that amazing? What is it? It's almost like he's kind of throwing a little curveball like, or like hitting someone like, ah, you know, that was a low blow. Because what he's really doing to Israel is like, I didn't do what Eli did. See, Eli, when he left you at his old age, his sons weren't ready. As a matter of fact, Eli ignored his son's sin. He did not mentor them, disciple them right, build them up right. So when it was time for a new Eli to rise up, his sons were wicked. Not my sons. I prepared them just for you. So when I go, you got my sons. You know what he's telling them, right? I love you so much that I've thought out and I planned out your future. And I put the leaders that you need to lead you. I think about the the wise words in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6 through 8. I'll I'll read it to you. It says this, take a lesson from the ants. The NLT calls you, you lazy bones, he says. Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer gathering food for the winter. You guys see that? When when you read this, you, you see the importance of planning ahead. Because if you value something, if you value something, you see, I don't know what my wife and what my children's future are, but if I value something, I'm also going to prepare things for their future. Even if it's not promised to me, I'm still going to be responsible in saying, I've laid down foundations for my children to walk on in the future. Anyone with me? Because I value. Because I value. And, 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 and Samuel understood this. That it's good to plan ahead so that our lives can be in order. So we can maintain certain balances in our lives. That, that our needs, man, certain needs in our lives will be met if we've just learned how to be responsible and not be lazy and plan ahead. Samuel understood that. So he trains up his children and he tells them, I have done as you've asked me to do. It's almost as if he's saying what? My love for you has what? Has listened At your request, my love has what? Obeyed for you, Israel. I've led you since I was a boy until now, a wise, old, gray-haired man. Guys, you see, gray hairs, old is good. You don't got to do all that stuff to cover it. It's good. I mean, if you want to, go ahead and cover it, but you don't have to. It's good. You're just wiser than everyone else. Flaunt your wiseness, huh? You got some wrinkles under your eyes. You know what that wrinkle's called? That's called wisdom. And what, what part of your life you want wisdom in? Come on, I'll start preaching. I'll change the whole message right now. I've led you since I was a boy until now, a wise, old, gray-haired man. 
I've led you since I was a boy until now, a wiser man. So, so because of that, everyone say so. 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 Look at verse 3. So now, since I've led you since I was a boy till now, now I'm going to put it on your plate. Ready? Verse 3. Testify against me. Can you imagine that? I'm going to put myself now on the line. Speak of me and tell me how I've led you wrong. Testify of me in the presence of the Lord and before his anointed one. Whose ox or donkey have I stolen? Have I ever cheated any of you? Have I ever oppressed you? Have I ever taken a bribe and perverted justice? Tell me and I'm going to make it right whatever I have done. Tell me. I've served you since I was a boy until an old wise man. So if I've done anything against any of you, say it right now before the presence of God so that I can make it right. I love this because he's at the end of his life and he knew that if he's going to stand before God, everything needed to be made right before all mankind. If I've wronged someone, i got to pay them back. If I did something, i got to make sure it's okay. Why? Because Samuel got to a point of his life, I'm guessing it's the gray hairs. I'm guessing it's the wrinkles. I'm guessing it's experience in life. That if I stand before God, I need to first stand before man and ask for forgiveness if there's anything in my life that needs to be forgiven. Because love values and my value will go that low. Actually, it's not that low. We'll go that high. And that's the point of his life that he's in. And that's what he asks him. Look at the reply of Israel. Everyone say verse 4. No. They replied back to him, no, you have never. You've never cheated and oppressed us. You've never taken a single bribe. You've never done that. What are they telling him? Samuel, you are an amazing person. Samuel, we love. Samuel, you're the best, man. Never have you taken advantage of us. So verse 5, he says, the Lord and his anointed one are my witnesses today. And he says that my hands are now clean. He's almost like, see you later. I'm good. I'm going to go to the throne room. Check you all out later. My hands are clean. I could pause right there and start talking about some of your hands. Show me your hands. Your hands clean? Thank you, brother. <laughs> Didn't expect that. That's good, no? Your hands clean? hands clean if they're not clean go make them clean stand before people because if you truly love people you're going to value them so much if you truly love God you're going to value that love so much that you're going to say I'm going to make things right because of how much I value you he got to the end of his life that's like you've never done anything to us you've never even spoken a word you've actually been great you, you've never, and Samuel, here he is, he's led Israel for so many years, and at the end of his life, if I've ever cheated any of you or taken from you unjustly, just let me know so I can make it right. And the people asked for no restitution, none of it, and I, I asked this, and I wrote this down in my, in my notes, I put, why, 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 why was there nothing found? And I wrote this down, ready? Because Samuel walked in integrity, day in and day out for a whole lifetime. He did not end with riches and wealth, but he ended with great integrity. You know what he ended with? With great value at the end of his life. At the end of our lives, what do you want to be said about you? Hopefully, it's things of great value. Things that really matter. Not that you went down in the hole with billions of dollars. Not that you went down in the hole with 15 children. 
Not that you went down in the hole with all these great things that anyone could speak of you, but that when they speak of you, when you go down in that hole, that they will speak great words of value about your life, the things that really matter. How many of you could say amen? And that should be the end, our goal. It should be to live with integrity like Samuel did. Knowing that a life well lived is the best investment that we can make. How many of you could say amen? Samuel's life was one of value. His love for his God and for people. His love for God and people is what defined his life to the very end. He knew this thing and he says it in this passage. He knew how to listen. He knew how to obey the God that he loved. So I want you to know this, and if you're taking notes, write this down. When we say something has value in our lives, when we say someone has value to our lives, listen to this. Value, that means it's of high importance. Everyone say high importance. Yeah. If something has value, it means it's of great worth. If something has value, it means that it's something that's even deserving of whatever it is or something else. If something has value, that's what it means. And here he is, and God was deserving of it all. And to serve God's people was deserving of it all. The life he lived was for one whom to him, Samuel, was the greatest worth and the greatest importance. And you know what happens as a reward at the end of Samuel's life? Come on, church. His faithfulness and his obedience, because of that, he was recognized as valuable. To the world, because guess what? We're in the middle of Hialeah, Florida, thousands of years later. What in the heck are we still doing talking about Samuel's value? It's called legacy. His love is so deep for God and God's people that we are in a town that Samuel would have been like, Hialeah Gardens, what in the world is that? And we're speaking about his value. I really want you to consider that, how all amazing that is. God's probably like, hey, Samuel, I know I don't normally do this often, but I'm going to kind of open up the heavens a little bit. I want you to hear what these people are talking about in there. What? They're talking about me? Think about that. He was recognized as valuable to the world, still today, to Israel, and yet most importantly, to God. Samuel's life demonstrated true worship before the Lord. I want you to know this. I want you to know this. Love is commitment. Say commitment. Love is faithfulness. Love is obedience. And love is also value. It doesn't just value God, but if you love, it also values the things of God. Write that down. If I, I'll say it slow so you can write it. If I love God, you can repeat that after me too. Ready? If I love God, I value the things of God. How many of you believe what the Bible says and says that that person sitting next to you is the greatest treasure to your life? Oh, man, you value the things of God. How many of you value this thing called church? You value the things of God. How many of you value the church? You value the things of not just God, but you value what belongs to God. Because love values And that right there, as we live in that, the result of that is true worship before him so that others can see that our lives are a life of worship unto him. 
Guys, I can't say that I love someone and trash the things that belong to them. Can you imagine that? Hey, I loved you, but, but you know, I drove your car recklessly and I crashed it and I spilled a milkshake and here it is. I would be devastated if I love you and I did that to you. Uh, if, if we love someone, we take care of what belongs to them as well. You know, like when you come over to my house, you know how, what's the greatest way that you could show me you love me? The way that you take care of my wife and my kids. Dude, you come over to my house and you just love my wife and you love my kids. I, I'm on a cloud. Why? Because you showed me your love for me by the way that you love the things that are mine and belong to me. If you come to my house and you grab a Sharpie and you start writing on the walls and you rip the, the toilet seat off, I'm like, what the heck's wrong with this person? And you, you spill coffee on my couch, I'm per and I'm looking at you, I'm like, man, you're not going to come back here because you didn't value the things that belong to you. But if you love me, you're going to take care and you're going to show that, not just to me, but to things that belong to me. How much more true is that to God? So I'm called to value because I value him. So watch this. Ready? I value the church. Everyone say value the church. We value his word. We value my tithe. I value godly friendships. I value family. I value my call. I value my testimony. I value the gifts that God's given me. When I stand up here and I start preaching, I don't take this stuff lightly. Like, like this pulpit, this mouth, when I speak God's oracles, I'm telling you right now that there's value behind that. Why? Blood is in my hands. I value the things of God. You value God and the things that belong to God. Because what? You, you what? You love him. You love him. All that is God and all that is of God is to be valued, to be held to the highest importance of greatest worth, to be deserving of all of me. I love when Lewis came up here and shared his testimony. Did you notice that? I value him so much that I came to a point in my life that I got the answer. It was what? All of me for him. And since then, I've been good. Why would that man give all of himself? Do you know what you could give some of yourself to? But he found the pleasure he found the joy. He found true fulfillment in giving all of himself to that which he values, that which he loves. It was of that much value. That much value that he surrendered his mind, his body, his soul unto God. All of me is now yours. You know what that means? That God could take you whenever he wants and whatever you want to do with me, whatever you want to do with my family, it's all yours. Everything is surrendered unto you. That's crazy. That our lives would be that. Produce this life of worship unto him. And in return, like Samuel at our old age, in our departure, listen to this, guys. When we leave this earth, whenever that is, some of us younger, some of us older. But how many of you know that every single one of us in this place, I'm going to be the church that kind of tells you this, just in case you never heard it. Ready? Every single one of us will depart from planet earth one day. No way. Just wait. And the day that we depart, how many of you want to hear this? How many of you want to hear this? That we would hear this. No, never, never have you done me wrong. Never have you oppressed me or cheated me. But you are a man. You are a woman of value. You are a person of integrity before us and before the Lord. How many of you want to hear that at the end of your life? No. No. Never. 
You are a man and a woman of value. You love someone, you value them. How many of you can say amen? amen? You love God, you love his things, you value them. You value him. Amen. These people that say they love God, but they continue to live in their flesh and they continue to live in sinful habits and sinful ways. I'm like, do you really know what loving God is about? Amen. And have you ever really experienced God's love for your life? Because there's no way that you could say, I love God, and see that he is pleased with this lifestyle. Amen. Listening. When we talked about listening in the first week and when we talked about it, think about that. That's of no value. What good is if I listen to someone that I love but I don't obey what they're asking me to do or what they need, a need from me? And if God, if I love him so much and I'm listening to his word, to his will over my life and I don't obey him, is that true love? Absolutely not. I can't love God without listening. I can't love God without obedience. And the truth is there is no true loving God if there's not a true value behind that. I want to share a passage with you. I'm going to read all of it. It's uh, not all of it, but a nice chunk of it. It's in chapter uh, 3 of 1 Corinthians, if you could turn there with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 through 16. How many of you are in love with the word of God? Just want to come on, give me more meat. Give me more bread. Here we go. 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 16. Uh, give me a hallelujah. All right. I'm going to read verses 10 all the way down to uh, 16. I'm going to stress one verse specifically in a moment. It says, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. How many of you all know you're building up a life for yourself? And how many of you know that everything that gets built has to be built on a foundation? If you don't build something on a foundation, that thing's going to crumble and fall. You know that in the Bible it says there's a man that built his house on sand? Water came, wind came. You know what happened to that thing that was built on sand? Guess what? Had no foundation, it fell. Every building that you live in, that every building that you walk into has a foundation. If not, that building, that skeleton is going to crumble. It needs a foundation, amen? So your life needs to have a foundation. If your life doesn't have a foundation, um, I think we have the answer. It's going to crumble. How many of your lives are crumbling right now? Could it be that the crumbling of our lives is also because of the lack of foundation in our lives? But let's preach about that another day. It says this, whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful, for no one can lay any foundation other than that which is already has been laid, which is what? Which is Jesus Christ. What is the greatest foundation for all mankind? It's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the foundation. There's no way that we could be here on a Sunday and not preach that Jesus Christ is not the foundation. Look what he says in verse 12 here. Anyone who builds on that foundation must use a variety of materials, right? Gold and silver, jewels, wood, hay, straw. Can I do a little cheat sheet for a second? Like a little cheat thing, whatever you want to call it. What happens with gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, straw if you put some fire, put some fire up in that building? It's just going to melt away or burn away because better make sure you're not just building with these non-essential things. Look at verse 13. But on judgment day, but on the day that you stand before God, but on the day that you stand before God, fire will reveal what kind of work. Everyone say work. work. Each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any No wonder he said to everyone, what? Have I ever done you wrong? Let me know right now. You know why? Because he understood this. One day I'm going to stand before God. And if your fire doesn't touch me now, his fire is going to touch me. So I need to make some things right now. 
The fire will show if a person's work has any value. Verse 14, if the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. Hey, if you stand before the presence of God and you survive that, you're good. You're going to make it into heaven. (laughs) You're good. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. I told you that in, in 930 Huddle, some people walk into heaven smelling like flames, like smoke. They were that close to making it to hell. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the spirit of God lives in you? Man, that's a good spot for an amen. amen. And God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple. Yeah, mess with this temple. That's awesome. For God's temple is holy. You know what he's talking about there, right? It's you. It's you. God's temple is holy. And you are that temple. Someone mess with you. They're messing with God. I'm God's temple. Verse 13. On the day of judgment, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. And the fire will show if that person's work has any value. As you build up your lives... Think about value for a moment. Because I really and I truly believe this. That all of us in this place build up our lives on things we love. I believe that. I believe that. So what are the things that you love that are building up your lives? Because you're living for those things. And if you're living for those things in which you love and which you're building up your house in, we all of us will stand before God. And one day, his fire, which is used to describe his judgment, one day will test us all of our works. And it will reveal if the work that we have lived here on earth, the life that we have lived here on earth, actually had true value while it lived here or not. And it will testify by the way that the things melt and disappear, or it will testify by the way that things stay standing before him. There is one thing that never, never will wither and die. All of heaven and all of earth will be burned up and will perish. But there is one thing that remains forever. And when that thing is tested before the presence of God, it will remain. And God will say, good job, good and faithful servant. You valued and you lived on earth valuing that which you loved. And your value of that which you loved was the foundation in which you built your life on. And the foundation is no other foundation than what has already been given. It is what? Jesus Christ. At the end, are you reading between the lines? God is saying, you valued my son. So my value for you is enter good, faithful servant. All of this is yours. Man. I need to live in obedience on earth. I need to listen. I need to obey. Because in those two passages the last two weeks, it shows us that there's an action that takes place in love. And when we obey and we listen, it produces, it reveals that we truly have value for that which we listen and that which we obey. It's the passage that I think about when Jesus speaks in Matthew 13, 44 through 36, the hidden treasure in the pearl. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. Hidden in the field. And in his excitement, he hid it again. He sold everything that he owned to get enough money to buy the field. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. And when he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and he bought it. You get those passages? 
You get what Jesus is saying here through this parable? That heaven and all of me is like this treasure, is like this great value. Just like my brother said in his testimony, that it's of greatest value and you're willing to surrender everything that is of you so that you can receive everything that is of me. Do you love me that much? Do you value me that much that you would surrender so much of yourself? This is not an amen message, huh? I thought it would be. When I was, when I was looking, I was like, I'm going to get a lot of amens on this one. <laughs> I was so wrong. <laughs> it's not happening. Church, does your love for God, does it value him this much? To lose everything you value because you've recognized that what you truly value is not all those things, come on, that eventually will be burned up and destroyed, but you truly value that which will stand forever. Your foundation, which is Jesus Christ your Lord. How many of you can say amen? amen. If you love him that much, you're going to live your life here on earth, what? Valuing him that much. Love values. You know, Judas did not love Christ you know how I know Judas did not love Christ? He sold Christ for just some money. And it wasn't even that much money. It was a pathetic amount of money. For, you know how pathetic that amount of money was for surrendering in, for giving in the creator of the whole world? That's how much money you made out of it? At least make a little bit more. So dumb. I think about the rich young ruler. He valued those things more than Christ, that money they gave him. I think about the rich young ruler. He valued great possessions more than he did Christ, and he walked away filled with sorrow. You know, today we're going to have two kinds of people that walk away from the presence of God. You will walk away with joy, rejoicing because you surrendered it all because of your value and his value towards you, or you walk away sorrowful because you're like, nah, I'm not going to give it all up for him. Not yet. I want to wait till I'm a little bit older. Paul says this in chapter 3 of Philippians. I'm going to read it i got a lot of scripture I'm going to read to you. In Philippians chapter 3, I'm going to read verses 5, uh, 6, 7, and 8. Look at Paul's understanding here of value. Ready? This is a good passage, actually. It says, I was circumcised when I was eight days old. He, he, Paul is boasting in everything that he has. He's posting in his, he's basically reading you his resume. And he's like, check me out, man. Check, about, check out what an amazing person I was. Ready? I was circumcised when I was eight days old. You know what that means, right? I'm a Jew of the Jew, baby. I obeyed God. My parents obeyed him. They circumcised me in the days when I was supposed to be circumcised. That means I have a covenant with God. Right. I'm pure. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel. I'm a, he's reading it, right? I'm a member of the tribe of Benjamin. Some of you don't even know what tribe you belong to. He's like, I know I belong to Benjamin. I'm a real Hebrew. If there was ever any other Hebrew, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm it. I'm the real kind of Hebrew. I'm a man. I'm it. I was a member of the Pharisees. I was actually growing to become the top Pharisee. I was, I was respected. I was, I was loved. They were pampering me in the ways. Who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I, that I harshly persecuted the church. And, and for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. Man, I was, I was such a religious man. I was religious. I, I obeyed every, I, I crossed every T and dotted every I in the, in the law. I, I mean, I was it, man. My resume says it all. I am Paul. And look at everything that I am and everything that I have. I'm of great value, huh? I don't think so. 
Look at verse 7. I once thought these things were valuable. You know, I could almost see him saying this. I don't know how to shoot a paper. But I could almost see him saying this and reading his resume. He says, all these things are me. And he goes, he just turns on a lighter and he puts it right under the paper. And he says, I once thought this stuff, my resume was valuable. I once thought all these things that described me was valuable. But look what he says next. I now consider them what? Man, I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. It's a powerful, powerful words there, man. That everything that I've attained and everything that I am, I thought it was something, but it's nothing. It's worthless because of Christ. Yes, verse 8, everything is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, continuing, counting, sorry, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. All of me is gone so that more of him can be gained. That is a value, Paul says. I love him. Less of me, more of him. That's how much I love him. Come on. What is valuable in your life that today you need to consider it as worthless because you've hit a wall and you've recognized that that which is of true value is nothing else but what Jesus Christ has done and is doing. And in that you discard everything else and what you do is you count it as garbage and you gain more of Jesus for your life. Value, loves, love, values. Value is, is something that we love and it's of worth and we give our all to it. In Acts he says, I don't account my life of any value nor as precious to myself. Here's Paul. He says, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord to testify to the gospel of grace of God. What is Paul saying? My life is not of any value. The only value is that I will finish the race of Jesus Christ. When I look at the mirror, I'm like, whoa, look at me. I'm a man of it. He's like, forget that. What really matters is, is that I'm going to finish this race, is that I'm going to have a testimony, is that I'm going to be a man of integrity and value. That which I've received from Jesus, I'm going to run the race, and on the finish line, I'm going to give it right back to him. Catch it, it's yours. When I get to heaven, he's going to put a, a beautiful crown on my head. But that beautiful crown, if you're really in Christ and you love him, you can't wait to take it off your head and put it at his feet. Man, can't wait to wear my crown for a second to then place it back at his feet for an eternity. The crown is his. I love how the message puts that same verse that Paul was saying. He says, there is another urgency before me now. I feel compelled to go to Jerusalem. This is Acts 20, verse 20 through 24. I'm going to read from Eugene Peterson the message. He says, I'm completely in the dark about what will happen when I get there. I love that, right? I'm going to obey God. I'm going to go to a place, but I have no idea what's going to happen there. Hey, you've ever followed God and people thought you were crazy? You're like, God's calling me. None of you, you should try that. It's called the unknown. God's awesome at that stuff. I do know that it won't be any picnic. <laughs> For the Holy Spirit has let me know repeatedly. You know what that means? He's confirmed it to me. Clearly that there are going to be hard times and imprisonments in Jerusalem waiting for me. What the heck are you doing then? Stay home. I can't. Why? Because I have to what? I love him so much that I've heard him and now I have to obey him because my love for him values, values what he wants me to walk into. I need to obey him first. 
But that matters little. That I'm going to be in prison, that I'm going to be tortured, that I'm going to have hard times. Look what he says. That matters little. What matters most. Everyone say what matters most. Can I change the words a little bit there? What has greater value. What matters most, what has greater value to me is to what? Is to finish what God started. The job the master Jesus gave me of letting everyone I meet know all about his incredibly extravagant generosity of God. What really matters, what has great value is that I do God's work. What really doesn't matter is what I go through on earth for him. I know what that's like. And some of you guys are going through it on earth. But come on, don't give it so much value. Point back to Jesus. All these things are for the glory of God. Because I value him and my love for him and will walk out in maturity and obedience because my love values him that much. How many of you could say amen? Hebrews says this about Moses. By faith, when he, Moses, had grown up, he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. How many of you, if you came from Pharaoh's, lin- Pharaoh's lineage, like, be careful because I want a job resume. And on my resume, you know, I'm going to put that I'm Pharaoh's, uh, I'm Pharaoh's you know, kin. But instead, Moses did not brag about Pharaoh and being part of his family. Instead, he chose to be mistreated. What? Along with the people of God, rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Listen to this. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. Can we switch around the words? What was of greater value were the things of heaven, were the things of God, rather than the things of earth. There are treasures in Egypt. There are treasures on earth. But the problem is the difference between this group of people right here is we don't live for the treasures of earth. We live for the promises of heaven. So that which you have greater value is that in which you're directing to. And in our lives, we're not directing to be popular and to be famous and to be extravagant on earth. We are living a selfless life here so that we could experience the extravagant and the beauty of Christ's presence in eternity. My treasure is not found on earth. My treasures is found in Christ. Christ in eternity. So he surrendered all of Egypt's treasures. Come on, there's a comma. Because he was looking ahead to his reward. Bro, you have a golden bed, a golden toilet. Servants that fan you and feed you fruit in your mouth. You have it made. You have it all. Go back to Egypt. But his mind was not on the treasures on earth. You know why? Because the fanning and the dropping the fruit in the mouth and the servants, everything will stand before God, wither and perish and die. But one thing remains forever. And he recognized that my value is not found on earth. My value is found in the one in whom I love. His name is Christ. So I live in that value today. I live in that love today. As I get ready to end, I'm going to share a couple more passages, but I always like to end. I try to at least, but everywhere in my message, the gospel will be presented. So today I'll end again with the gospel. Because we are so loved by God that I cannot tell you this, that it all started because God first valued you. And loved you. 
I love when, when Jesus says in Matthew 6, 26, he says, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they are? Isn't that good? Yeah, have you ever stared, and, and, and I mean, I guess I do that now because I'm weird. I'm getting older, so I just like lay down on my son's trampoline. I just stare up to the heavens. And I see birds flying. I see them get lower. I see them get higher. I see them. I'm like, what, what are these birds doing? What kind of life do these birds live? I have a weird mind, right? <laughs> things are those things. And sometimes I'm laying down, and I see them, and I, and I just follow them. I'm like, where's he going? Like, what's in, that, what's in the mind of that bird? Like, who's, what's leading that bird? The way God designed that bird, you know? And yet every single day that bird doesn't check in or check out at a job site. But every day when he wakes, when he sleeps, he has the food that he needs, the rest that he needs to soar again another day. You know, you know birds can really minister to you. Because we, we panic, right, when, about the, the clocking in and clocking out and about our jobs. But do you recognize that if the Lord supplies the every need for a bird to fly the next day, you don't think he's going to supply you with the need so that you could fly the next day? You know, when you feel down and out, get on, come over to my house, lay down on the trampoline and go look at the birds. You'll be amazed how those birds will minister to you. Where are those birds going today? Wherever God wants it to go, you know that? Where those birds go? You know, if, if it's that, that bird's last day, he's going to run into a truck. <laughs> I know that part sucked. <laughs> God will call it home. But if God wants to continue, or he'll get shot by a BB gun. How many of you did that when you little? Don't lie. You're bad people. You need to repent of that. It's God's creation. God's creation. Come over here and say, Lord, forgive me for shooting him with my pellet gun. But if God wants you to keep living, he's going to find a worm. He's going to find a carcass on the road. He's going to keep flying another day. Dude, we're human. I get it. We struggle in life. Sometimes our jobs drive us nuts. Sometimes we don't even know if we have a job for tomorrow, work for tomorrow, paycheck for tomorrow. Sometimes we don't know what the heck's going to happen, man. But did you forget for, I mean, did you forget this? That God actually values you. And if you're faithful in him, if you're obedient, if you're walking and trusting in him, relax. Your wings are going to flap again. If he hasn't taken you home yet, they're going to flap again. Why? Why? How do you know this? Because if the birds live again, how much more value does he have for your life? Because the birds are not a representation of Jesus Christ. Actually, when I study the Genesis account, the creation account, he says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Trust me, you have more value to God than a bird. He didn't make a bird into his image. He made you, man, woman, into his image and into his likeness. And if a bird is going to wake up tomorrow morning and flap its wings again, come on. Go to sleep tonight a little bit happier. Find some joy in the beauties of that God's given you today. Find some rejoicing in the things that God has given you on your plate. And know this, that tomorrow you might receive the phone call that you thought you would have never going to get. You might get the client that will rock your world. You never know what could happen to you tomorrow. So all you need to do 
is trust in the Lord today and know that if the wings of the bird flies tomorrow, what more about my life does God speak? If he has value for the beasts and the birds of this world, you better believe it. He has value for my life. He gave me a soul. He gave me a heart. He fearfully made me in my mother's womb. I am God's chosen. When my mother got pregnant, she didn't decide how her son was going to look and what her son was going to do. My mom had no idea. My father had no idea. But you know who had it all? God said, I know the kind of eyes. I know the kind of hair. I know his height. I know his weight. I know everything, every detail about him. I know what's going to make his heart race. I know what's going to make his heart slow down. I know what's going to tick him off. And I know what's going to pleasure him. He is my son before he's ever your son. I value him God values you he values you and the reason why God values you the Bible says is because he first loved you you he first loved you there is nothing that you could do and have done to gain God's love Bible says he loved you at your darkest hour. He loves you. He values you. Oh, Lord, I feel your presence in this place. says in 1 Peter 1 13-22 he says so prepare your minds for action express self-control put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Christ is revealed you must live as God's obedient children don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires you didn't know any better then, so don't go back to it. Verse 15. But now you must be holy in everything you do. Just as God who chose you is holy. For the scripture says, you be holy because I am holy. And remember that the heavenly father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residents. Man. Here it is, the gospel. Ready? For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. Some of us in this room, we are the recipients of generational curses being broken. We're it. I am, I, am a, I am a generational curse breaker. That's who I am. Huh. 
How many of you can share that with me? How many of you are generational curse breakers? was not paid with mere gold or silver that stuff dies which lose their value told you it has no value verse 19 here's the value it was the precious blood of Christ the sinless spotless lamb of God God chose him as your ransom long before the world began did you catch that because he values you he loves you and because he loves you he said I already have a propitiation I already have a ransom for them I'm gonna win them over before they were even born and it's through my son Jesus I value you my God God chose him as a ransom before the world began but now in these days he's been revealed for your sake amen for that through Christ you have come to trust in God huh and you've placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Jesus from the dead and gave him great glory you know what if Jesus was not raised from the dead we are in a cult today we're in a cult but we're not in a cult because Jesus was raised from the dead and the Bible doesn't say it but there's 500 witnesses that say it and there's unchristian, non-Christian people and historians that say that this Jesus appeared to hundreds of other people when he resurrected I'm telling you man we are alive in Christ this is real stuff here verse 22 you were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth when you were walked in obedience to that which has been presented to you to what you listened to you listened and you obeyed and you were cleansed from your sins so now you must show sincere love genuine love real love to each other as brothers and sisters love each other deep divine fellowship one of our codes is based off this love each other deeply with all of your heart love values so if I'm called to love God in our mission statement I get it I'm also called to love you I'm also called to love people because you are God's creation you are made in his image and his likeness and he values you so I'm supposed to value that which belongs to God I'll read this verse to you and we'll close up if you could stand with me and we're done but as Christ values you today and you've come to this understanding today in Matthew 6 verses 19 through 21 Jesus says do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth like Moses right he said heck no I'm not going to do Egypt's treasures look what he talks about the treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Any of you ever had your car broken into? It's the worst, right? Your house broken into, maybe. Because in there we have things that are valuable to us, things that have meaning to us. Jewelry from grandparents. Stuff from generations and they steal it. Memorabilia signed and they 
break in and steal and it's a value to us and it hurts us but I love how Jesus says you know whatever things on earth you're building up on don't consider those things the treasures on earth valuable because moth and thieves break in and steal what are you going to do once they break in and steal your life's over they stole the Michael Jordan memorabilia from the free throw line dunk the original piece and they stole it and you're heartbroken because it was going to be a million dollars when he died and you were counting on his death like that already, that's already all messed up as it is you're hoping for that guy's death all that stuff just rots away like everything else in this earth all the money rots away as a matter of fact you're seeing that money is rotting away in the United States as we speak right come in, they destroy it, these come in, break it and steal, but look at this for where your treasure is there your heart will also be don't lay up yourselves treasures on earth lay up your treasures on the things of God put your heart on the things of God if eternity, if Christ and the things that belong to Christ are your treasure, can I tell you something church there your heart will also be Meaning, you're going to love that because that's what you've lived to value, that which you love. Some of you guys need to start valuing each other a little bit better. The heck's wrong with some of us? Some of us need to value the house of God a little bit better. Some of us need to just value his word better. I mean, you guys know where you're at because we love him and we say we love him, Amen. Lord, as we close off today and we just meditate on you, you know who needs this. You've spoken to the depths of your people's hearts and of their souls. If there's anyone here right now that needs prayer, and that's you today, and you're like, I, I need to put my mind, my heart on the things of God. I need to surrender the treasures that I have here on earth, and I have to surrender it all. And I got to value God and the things of God. And, and I have to come to this point in my life. I recognize that I've listened. Now I'm going to walk in obedience and I'm going to live a love of value. If that's you, I'm going to ask you just to come forward and say, I surrendered it. That message was for me, God. You knew what I needed to hear. So we're going to meditate on God. It's going to be a sweet presence right here. If you need to come up, get on your knees, come up. Stand here with your arms raised, whatever you want. But if that's you and God has spoken to the deepest parts of your life right now your heart your mind if he has rocked your soul right now and he's shared this that love values and you need prayer and you know that you need prayer for this in your life i know this word spoke to all of us in certain areas of our lives absolutely but you know who i'm talking about that person that today says i need that prayer i gotta surrender i need to do this i need to take this step today if that's you the altar's open. You may come up and we would love to pray for you and with you. So let's go ahead and let's meditate. Let's seek him. And let's ask the Lord to just visit us here, continuing to visit us here in a special way with his presence. Melt our heart. Go ahead, join in the presence of God.